seated. Our scripture reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the, to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that have been set by the Father's own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There's a story about a salesman who had the best year of anybody in his company. He was named the outstanding salesperson, and so the president of the company wanted to recognize him when the company came together for their annual sales convention. The, the president said he was going to honor this man and invite him to speak and share all of his secrets of success. So the man was certainly honored, but he was also afraid of public speaking. And uh, so he prepared his speech and he worked really hard and he memorized it so he wouldn't forget. And the night came when everybody was gathered in that banquet hall. The, uh, everybody had eaten the meal and the president came up and introduced him and everybody uh, you know, applauded for him. He came up to the lectern and was ready to present his speech. And then, worst nightmare, he forgot his speech. Someone had told him that you know, if that ever happens, if you could just remember a word or maybe three words or four, something, a phrase to help you get started again. The only thing he could remember was the phrase, see the people. So he said, see the people, but no recall. See the people. Still, he didn't remember. He thought maybe if he said it louder and more forcefully, see the people. But still, he couldn't remember anything from his speech. He was so embarrassed. But then the people in the hall began to look around at each other and it began to dawn on them, this was a genius. It was the best speech they had ever heard. And they all rose to their feet and gave him a rousing applause. See the people. 
See the people. It's important in sales and it's important in sharing our faith. We are called to see the people, to take note of the people, to get into the lives of the people, to go to the people, to share the gospel with them, to build relationships with them. And so today we are continuing our theme, We Are Wesley, with the declaration, we are a missional people of God. Are we a missional people of God? I think we are. Stephen Covey said uh, to begin with the end in mind. And it's exciting to see how God works through this church to accomplish his will and his ways. Our purpose is to make and sustain spiritually healthy followers of Jesus Christ who live in ways that transform the world. Paul asserted in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. To call upon the Lord requires faith. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one in whom, of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? To believe in Jesus, people have to hear about him. And in order for people to hear about Jesus, someone has to proclaim him. And that is the church. In Acts 1, uh, Luke transitions from his gospel to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And there he shares as a, a, a one who ministered alongside of Paul, a Gentile and a physician, and one who supported Paul in his missionary journeys. He addresses this book to Theophilus, which literally means lover of God. And in this part, early part of the book of Acts, he talks about the message, the audience, the witnesses, and the power. So let's look at each of these. It has been said that the message of the Bible can be summed up as good news, bad news, good news. The first good news is that God has created the world and called it good. The bad news is that humanity has We've used our freedom of choice, our free will, and rejected God. But the great news is that God still loves us and sent His Son to give His sinless life in payment for the sins of the world and to build a bridge of redemption and restoration for us. God loves us, but all have sinned and come short of His glory. We cannot live good enough to earn our salvation. And Jesus stands at the door of our heart and knocks. If anyone opens the door and invites him in, he promises to come in and fellowship with us. Have you invited Jesus Christ into your heart? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to set people free. We are Wesley. We are a missional people of God. Our mission is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But to whom? Let's think about our audience. 
Christianity started as a small sect within the Jewish faith, but it, it grew beyond Judaism. In Acts 1.8, Jesus told his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, the surrounding countryside and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It is a worldwide audience. See the people. In Acts 13, 47, the early church saw itself fulfilling the words of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 49, verse 6. I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus said in Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples. And that's our calling. John Wesley's conversion was so transforming that he wrote in his journal within a year and said, I look upon all the world as my parish. The whole world is our field of mission. His message of personal conversion was not always welcome uh, in the churches of England, nor in even his home church. So he preached on his father's tombstone. He found that God used him out in the fields preaching to the miners before they went into the coal mines or the uh, factory workers before they went into the mills. People responded and came to Christ. He sent the, the uh, circuit riding preachers out into the wilderness of America to go where the people went and to bring the gospel to them and revivals broke out. The audience expanded and the faith now surrounds the globe. The people of Wesley Memorial coalesced in our formation in 1856 and we have been entrusted with reaching our audience in High Point, in the Piedmont area, in North Carolina, in the United States, and around the world. The world is our parish, near and far. I remember when I was a student at High Point Central, and there was a time when I drifted from the church and the faith. And a couple of guys from Wesley Memorial reached out to me and invited me to the youth group here, came and got me and took me back home. Who is our audience? Our audience is whoever we're in a relationship with. It may be family, it may be friends or some others with whom we associate. Sometimes we forget that um, after being a Christian for a long time, we forget how hard it is to live life without the power of Christ in our lives. Think about it and how hard it really is for non-Christians who do not have Christ in their lives. And they're, they're putting on a facade, but inside they're in turmoil and loss and hurt and separation. Who is in your sphere of influence? Who is in your network of relationships that need the Lord? Life could be so much better if they trusted in Him. See the people. We are Wesley. We are a missional people of God. And we are called to see our audience, 
neighbors next door, and those around the world. Let's think now about the witnesses that Jesus or that Luke speaks of here. You and I are called to be witnesses for Christ. A witness is someone who says, I know that is true. They're convinced because of their personal experience. A witness for Christ has personally experienced his life transforming grace through faith and not of their own goodness. Someone has said, you can't tell someone about something that you have not experienced any more than you can come back from somewhere you haven't been. We love it when our grandchildren come to visit. June and Ford are here today. One day they were visiting with us at, in, uh, in the, I think it was back in the winter months, and uh, we have several different games that we like to play. And uh, one of the things, uh, sometimes they'll write messages on balloons. So we'll blow up the balloon and they write a message. One day, uh, June wrote on a, it was a dreary, depressing day. And she wrote, be a sun in the cold, dark rain. Be a sun in the cold, dark rain. There are people all around us who are in a cold, dark rain in their lives. And they need us to be a sun that reflects the light of Jesus Christ. In the Greek, the word for witness and the word for martyr is the same. A witness must be ready to become a martyr. To be a witness means to be loyal whatever the cost. You and I will probably not and hopefully not be called upon to die for the faith, although many have and are. But we know we will be called to live for our faith, to live for our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of God to set people free. Early in my ministry, I was thinking about how do you motivate people in the church to share their faith? And the thought came to me that, um, that uh, if, if you think about the fact that God loved us so much, if he loved me so much that he gave Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, Shouldn't I love others enough to let them know he died for them as well? We're, 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 uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, but it's a message that is to be shared with others. It's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. So how do we share our faith well, we may share our faith by just offering to pray for someone when they share a need. It may be sharing our faith by offering someone a Bible or some Christian literature or uh, some kind of devotional material. That could be a, a way of sharing our faith. It may be meeting a physical need or giving a cup of cold water. It may be sharing our faith in the sense of sharing what Christ means to us or sharing the difference that Christ has made in our lives, our life before Christ and our life now with Christ. 
It's not that we're any better than anyone else, but we would probably say we're a lot better than we were. We're a lot better than we were because Christ has come into our lives. And sometimes we just share our faith by giving a listening ear or a caring touch. See the people. Who are you seeing when I say that? Does someone come to mind? Pay attention. See the people. Paul said, Romans 10, 14, but how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in one they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? We are Wesley. We are a missional people of God. We, and our audience may be next door or around the world. You and I are witnesses. But from whence does our power come? Let's think about the power. When we served the Mount Pleasant Church in Cheryl's Ford, there was a camp meeting that was held It had started back in the 1800s, and every year in August, people would go there and gather there for special singing and special worship services and preaching, and usually a special preacher would be brought in. A a member of my church, Richard Howard, was on the group that helped invite the speakers each year, and one year he knew uh, Eddie Fox and invited Eddie. At the time, Eddie was the director of evangelism for the World Methodist Council, a body of some 90 different groups, religious groups that had flowed, flowed from John Wesley. And so there was their cooperative efforts to reach the world for Christ. And Eddie came and we had some great services. Richard Howard had been involved with helping buy the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway out of bankruptcy in the 1960s and had helped bring it back to profitability. And then he had, uh, he had sold out his interest in that sometime later. But Richard offered to take Eddie and Bishop Bevel Jones to the Speedway Club for lunch one day while Eddie was there. And he invited me to go along as well. So we drove down and we were gonna meet the bishop there. And when we got there, Richard suggested that Eddie, who was driving Richard's car, uh, and, uh, and he just go on down, you know, to the end of the infield, to the pit row. And then he suggested that he just drive out onto the track. And so Eddie, you know, checked, is, is that what you said? Is that what you mean? And he said, yeah, let's go around the track. So Eddie goes driving out down the home stretch toward the first turn. And Richard says, go faster. And I'm sitting in the middle of the back seat and my heart's going faster. And we went around several times and then we went up to, upstairs to the Speedway Club and had a wonderful lunch overlooking the track. After the lunch, we went back down to, to the track and Richard arranged for us to take a ride in a race car with a professional driver. Not long after that, Eddie Fox uh, published his book, Faith Sharing, with George Morris. And in it, he told his, uh, his version of the story about going around the racetrack in Charlotte with a professional driver in a race car. 
he said we were going 150 miles per hour. But you know, it didn't seem like to me we were going more than 120 miles per hour. It was a day to remember. Eddie said in recounting this experience that sharing and living our faith without the Holy Spirit is like a race car without its engine. The Holy Spirit energizes us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live and share our faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ and reminds us of all that Jesus has taught us. The Holy Spirit gently guides us and the Holy Spirit draws people to Christ. May we find our power for living and sharing our faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are Wesley. We are a missional people of God. Our mission is to witness to the gospel of Christ to every person we can through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go see the people.